David's ancestral home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on peace and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Let's pray together. Lord, we again come to you with thanksgiving. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to hear about this story, this amazing, amazing story. Lord, we, we praise you for the gift that you have given us. Lord, we praise you for your word. We praise you for your love. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One day, a uh, curious bystander was watching a blacksmith with great interest. The blacksmith was hammering out a horseshoe. He had finished with the shoe and placed it aside to cool. Without thinking, the bystander picked it up to look at it more closely and he dropped it just as quickly as he picked it up. The blacksmith with a twinkle in his eye commented, hot, wasn't it? The man, not willing to be made light of, said, nope, it just doesn't take me long to inspect the horseshoe. When you come to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, it almost looks like Luke doesn't take long to share the birth of Jesus. It's a short compilation. It's interesting from the fact that Mark and John literally say nothing about the birth of the Savior nor do they give any indication as to some of the events of his early boyhood. 
the only other indication concerning the birth of Jesus that it doesn't give any details is in the book of Matthew where Joseph is warned or told by the angel Gabriel not to worry about taking Mary as his wife because that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit and you shall call his name Jesus. Matthew does tell us about the visiting magi that came about two years later, but he has nothing to say concerning the birth of Jesus. Luke is the only one. We shouldn't be really surprised by that because Luke was a physician, and I'm sure he delivered enough babies. He knew what it was all about, but there's another interesting detail that we dare not lose sight of. In verse 3 of the first chapter of Luke, Luke is writing to an individual that he refers to as Theophilus. In fact, he refers to him as being highly exalted Theophilus. He's a Greek. Greeks are interested in detail. Jews are only interested in God. Thus, there is no remark concerning the birth of Jesus. Mark chapter 2 is divided into three parts, at least the first 20 verses. Verses 1 to 7 are the details of historical details that highlight what is happening in the time of when Jesus was born. I call it a Caesar's command. And verses 8 down through to verse 14 is the angels that are having a light show for the shepherds. They're the only ones there. They're the only ones that are getting the full impact of heaven's choir. And what Pastor Steve read for us this morning concerning the armies of heaven, I guarantee you all of heaven was emptied out because they were about to sing of their creator, the Lord Jesus. And so I call this an angelic confrontation. And the closing verses, verses 15 through verse 20, is about the shepherds going to see, to behold, what the angels had told them. And so I call that angels coming, or shepherds coming. Caesar's command, angels' confrontation, shepherds coming. Now, seeing that Theophilus, a Greek, is very, very interested in minute details, specifically as it relates to the government, we recognize that Caesar Augustus makes a decree. It's a decree that all individuals in the Roman Empire had to go to their home, to their town of birth, and there they are to be registered, a census is taken. 
understandingly this too, dear people, is that after a census is taken, so is a tax. So some of you might have in your translations that the decree was that everyone should be taxed. That's true. That was going to happen. What we don't see, though, in the first seven verses that we are very aware of in the next portion is that you can honestly see that someone seems to be missing. The hand of God is not relative in the first seven verses, so it seems. Somehow, in some way, you might remember that as we looked at Mary, the method of this marvelous Christmas, all that God, all the angel Gabriel said to her that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God. He didn't tell her where he was to be born. Gabriel did not tell her the events of what was coming. The text tells us that they're in Nazareth. That's their hometown. That's where Joseph was spoken to in a dream by the angel Gabriel, again telling him to fear not to take unto thee Mary for thy wife. Now we also learned last week that as Mary was with her cousin Elizabeth, she stayed there for three months. So you can imagine that between the time of the three months and Mary going back to Nazareth at three months, it was known in the town that Mary was pregnant. And it wasn't from Joseph. They were separated for over three months. Joseph as directed by the angel Gabriel, did take Mary for his wife. Now they are a couple. And Joseph and Mary had to go to Bethlehem, but how were they going to get there? A decree. And so it says in our text that Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Bethlehem because he is of the house and lineage of David. And when you go to Matthew's gospel, you will see that played out. But there's an interesting side note that we often forget. Mary also came from the line of David. She was of the tribe of Judah. And so both of them had to go. A 60-mile journey heading due south. Galilee is up on the western coast of the Sea of Galilee. Judah is down here, which Jerusalem and Bethlehem were part of that. A 60-mile journey at that time was not covered in an hour on the Turnpike or Route 80. It would have been a three-day journey. Now, ladies, I have to ask you, how many of you, nine months pregnant, would love to ride a donkey? For three days, Mary rode a donkey. 
Some believe that she was in a cart. But in any case, it was a long journey for her. Now you notice that Luke, as he fulfills this situation, he says just two things concerning the birth of Jesus. It's almost like he picked up the hot horseshoe and dropped it quick. Just two things. He said, while they were there, her days were accomplished that she brought forth her firstborn son and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes also, which would have been strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger. Didn't say if he slept all night. Didn't say anything about how much he weighed or how tall he was. All he mentioned is that he was wrapped and comfortable. Those two things, if we look at that, we can almost say, wow, the Messiah, God's son, is that the best they can do? Well, we're told that the inn is full. Now, I want to lead you on a little bit of a journey of imagination. Use it, if you will. But I'm afraid that too often we have done the filling in the spaces of information that were not given. There was no room for him in the inn. And so Christianity wants to dress it up a little bit by saying, oh, but there's a stable or there's a cave behind the inn. There was no indication of that. Now think about it. Could Jesus have been born out under the stars and placed in a borrowed manger? Now, now keep those two things in mind because when we get to the shepherds, those two important details will play. Mary and Joseph just, quote, happened to be in the same vicinity as shepherds. Verse 8 begins, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping their watch over their flock by night. There is a tradition, or at least a teaching, and I don't have a problem with it, that these shepherds, their main responsibility was to watch over the sheep or the lambs that would have been offered in Jerusalem for a sin offering. I have no problem with that. And then an angel shows up. We're not told his name. It just says an angel of the Lord shows up. And they were afraid. By the way, you would be too. You got to remember, for a 400 year period of time, God did not speak. From the prophet Malachi 
Okay, Malachi. You all fed? Okay, now we're okay. To the book of Matthew, there is no indication that God speaks to his people. And the first thing they see is an angel. The shepherds aren't any different. They were afraid, and the, shepherd, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now we've got to stop there and camp on that for a little bit. I think that particular statement refers to the fact that the shepherds were looking for something. They may very well have been anticipating somehow, some way, maybe from the fact of knowing that they take care of the sacrificial lambs and they understand the meaning of that, but they also realize some of the Old Testament prophets, maybe they hung around the synagogue outside, they weren't allowed to go inside, but they heard something about a coming Messiah. And they may have very well been anticipating it somehow, some way. For when the angel said, fear not, for unto you I bring good tidings of great joy, that only comes to individuals who are looking for good tidings of great joy. You go to the streets of the mighty metropolis of Herndon and walk up to people and say, good tidings of great joy. They're going to say, what? What are you talking about? There's a great crowd of people that aren't looking for it. But somehow, someway, the shepherds may very well have been as the other individuals, as you go back in the book of Matthew and in, in the book of Luke, earlier chapter, and you will find out that the angel appeared to godly people. So these shepherds may very well have been in touch or in tune with spiritual things that maybe we have neglected to comment on for a great number of years. They were ready. They were ready to hear good tidings of great joy. Now, something about shepherds you have to know. Shepherds smell like the ones they take care of. There is no Chanel number 59 sheep. None of you ladies will ask that for a Christmas present. So that's why shepherds weren't allowed in the town. They weren't allowed to come in during the day because they would have been interspersed with other people and they were looked down on as being low class, so low that it was said they could not be witnesses in the court system because they believed that they had trouble of deciding between what is thine and mine, according to a historian. Shepherds were not welcome. You stay out in the fields. That's where you belong. The angel commented to them, 
that I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Isn't it interesting that Luke's gospel gives two key points concerning the birth of Jesus and the angel said that's what you look for. If you go back to the gospel of Matthew chapter 2, it was at the time of when Herod was angry that the Magi showed up. He was jealous that there was another king. And so he made a decree that every male child two years old and younger were to be destroyed. So with that in mind, you have to at least think that there were other babies born at this time in this city known as Bethlehem, the city of David. But most of them, if not all of them, would not have been wrapped in swaddling clothes and they would not have been placed in a manger because some of them were in the inn. Some of them were in homes. Some of them were protected from the elements. But Jesus wasn't. The two distinguishing marks are this. Swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Then the, shep then the, the shepherds have a concert. All of heaven is there. And glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Aren't you amazed that maybe no one else heard that concert? No one else was aware of what was going on on the hillside. I would dare say that if all of heaven gave a concert, it wasn't going to be quiet. But people in the town didn't notice. Maybe life for them was wrapped up in other important things. How are we going to pay this tax? How are we, when are we going to be able to go back home? Do you have everything? Did we bring everything that we're supposed to have? Well, questions of life sometimes block out the image of who Jesus Christ is. I'll get to that later on at the end of the message because I think that's a very important point. So now in verse 15, the shepherds are coming. They leave their sheep to go find the Lamb of God. They leave behind their lambs to find the Lamb of God. And as they come into the town, I, 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 maybe I just want to, and I'm going way off here. No, I'm not on any medication. I'm just going way off. I, I, I wonder if maybe they knocked on doors. Because the angels didn't tell them exactly where the child was. All they said was, this is what he is. These are the distinguishing marks. Can, can you imagine him going up and... 
do you have a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger? No. Okay. Do you have a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and you've put him in a manger? No. Who would do that? I don't know. The angel told us. That's what we're looking for. If maybe you were on the hillside and you looked out at Bethlehem, maybe you would begin to see lights go on through the whole town, wondering what in the world are these useless shepherds talking about? They're not only watching their sheep, they're smoking something up there. But they find the one who the angel told them to find. And the amazing part of it is, shepherds coming, but they're also changed. Because they fill in Mary and Joseph everything that they didn't know. They talk to them about, Mary, i got to tell you something. Them angels, they told us that what you have given birth to is the Savior of the world. They told us that he'd be wrapped in swaddling clothes and he would be laying in a manger. So that's why we're here. What's the amazing part of this account is this. We're the shepherds. All of us. The ones whom the world looked down upon were the first ones who got to see the glory of heaven. Oh, they were already introduced by the concert, but now they got to see the creator. They already were enlightened with light. Now they get to see the light of the world. They were already used to hearing blatten of sheep. Now they come to the silence of the Lamb of God. Jesus being wrapped in swaddling clothes would have connected with the shepherds because all of the lambs that were born were carefully inspected for that lamb to be a sacrifice in the temple for the sin, the covering sin of people, that lamb could not have any blemishes whatsoever. So when a shepherd, when a new lamb was born, especially a male lamb was born, they would inspect it and then they would carefully wrap it with cloth to protect it from thorns, from dirt, from anything that would damage it as being unuseful. Jesus was wrapped in that same kind of cloth. Some say for his protection against the cold, but I'd like to take it to the spiritual side. Jesus was perfect in everything. Then he's in laying in a cow's trough. They're used to that. 
and the information given by the angel, there was an instant connection between the shepherds and the Savior. John's gospel tells us in John chapter 1 that he came and dwelt among us. He tabernacled with people. And then in 1 John chapter 1, it says, He came and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Yes, Jesus came to dwell with people. And the first ones that got to see him were the shepherds. So dynamic was that meeting, it says that the shepherds went back through the town. They may have retraced their steps. We found him. He's over there. Because it says that the people of the town were amazed at what they heard. What's interesting about the shepherds is they became the first messengers of the gospel. We found him. He's the one. And when they left, they went back to the hillside and had a party. Something they never forgot. Something we should never forget. Caesar's command. Angels confrontation. Shepherds coming. Can you see the hand of God in all of it as he moves? Which leads me to my final four points to bring this all together. Four easy points for you all to remember. The first one is this. We see the sovereignty of God in history. Remember Theophilus, the one to whom this book and the book of Acts is written to. The highly exalted Theophilus. He would have been interested in the history and the sovereign hand of God. I wonder if his faith was encouraged to see that even the mighty Caesar is under the direction of God. Oh, dear people, don't worry about the situation in Washington, D.C. Because I know the one who controls it all. And you do too. His name, just in case you missed it, Jesus. He controls it all. What's also interesting about God being in, in control of sovereignty, if you will, of all of history, is that... Luke didn't mention Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. 
It's mentioned in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, when the, shepherd, when the Magi came to Herod, he said, We have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. Where is he who is born king of the Jews? Herod gathers all of the scribes and the chief priests of the Jews and asks the question, where is the Christ to be born? And they quoted Matthew or Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. For though you are the smallest, but O Bethlehem of Euphrata, though you are the smallest in all of Judah, yet out of you will come the king who will rule all of the earth. Luke didn't include that because Theophilus is a Greek. He's a Gentile. He's not in tune and he's not interested in what the Jews were interested in. But what Luke wrote for him was enough to strengthen and carry on his faith. God is sovereign in all of history. Number two, Luke provides for us an interesting insight of how to share the gospel. Uh, dear people, Luke speaks of the gospel in a way that one individual would have been interested in, Theophilus. He didn't share the same thing as Matthew. He doesn't share things like John. He doesn't share things like Mark. He has taken the gospel message and presented it to an individual who he knew needed that kind of information. And that tells us, Lisa referred to me, don't get stuck in a presentation that people that you're talking to aren't interested in. Understand who you are speaking to and what interests them. When you get an opportunity to speak to individuals who worship angels, whoo-hoo! Have you ever heard an angel say this? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Why no? Well, let me tell you about that. You get an opportunity to witness to shepherds. Hey guys, what's this with the, the sheep and the lambs that you wrap stuff around them to protect them? What, what's that all about? Luke is giving us a guidance that you don't change the message. You may need to tweak the method to be able to communicate and connect with the ones who you are talking to. Thirdly, We learn that God's purposes sometimes are often achieved through suffering. 
Sometimes God's purposes are achieved through suffering, and you may not know at that point, but later on, it may become clear. Mary and Joseph had no idea why they needed to go to Bethlehem. There's nothing in the text that gives us that indication. Joseph is not recorded. He said to Mary, we got to go to Bethlehem because the baby's going to be born. We got to go there because that's where there's nothing of that in there. They went because an emperor told them they had to go. It wasn't a good ride. Pains that I can't even begin to imagine were there. The disappointment of arriving and not having a place in the inn. No place of comfort. Just of town that needed the Savior to be born there. But lastly, it's this. You remember that guy that picked up that, that hot horseshoe and dropped it quick? There's a, what's called a principle of information. In other words, that which is important, you spend more time on. That which is not important, you just hit the highlights. Luke, Matthew, Mark, and John spend chapters of describing that which is more important. That is the death burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with his birth. And that's how he came. That was the design of God. That was God's plan. He had to spend time with the ones for whom he would die. And he came. And you kind of wonder... Why is it so much of the world has no problem with celebrating a birth of a baby that highlights Christmas? Maybe it's because he's God in a box. A little baby is cuddly and warm and easy to take care of, easy to deal with. It's cute. But when it comes to the other part, individuals shy away from Jesus. They don't mind him as a baby, but they don't want him as a savior because as the savior, he comes to die for sin. And people wish not, they wish not to be reminded of their sin. Yes, it is important of the birth of Jesus. But I'm here to ask you this morning, dear people, which one 
are you worshiping? Are you worshiping a baby? Or are you looking forward to worshiping the coming king? That's the key. Nothing wrong with Christmas. Nothing wrong with ties with a fat snowman. I resemble that remark. But when it comes right down to it, we go to the book of the Revelation. And it is there that it describes the Lord's second coming to earth. Where he says these words. Behold, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. And even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him he's coming again first time as the sacrifice second time as the coming king which one are you worshiping you see the thing of it is is that the purpose of Jesus' birth was to die to set people free. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Have you trusted in that? You can either trust him as your savior or you will see him as your judge. The choice is yours. Be like the shepherds. We found him. He's over there. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, it's wonderful to thank you for your gift. The sending of your Son to dwell amongst men, to be born that he would die. He came to pay the price to give his life a ransom for anyone who would trust in him. I don't know where everyone's heart is here this morning, but you do. Oh Lord, how I wish we would go beyond the baby in the manger to realize the coming king. And I would rather rejoice than mourn at his coming. And I trust everyone here would have the same thought. Lord, I pray that by your spirit, using your word, that you will bring upon individuals who've never trusted in you Bring upon them, Lord God, the desire to know you, who to know is life eternal. And we'll be careful to praise you and thank you in your name. Amen.